When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm your host, Amanda Lamb. In today's conversation with WREL's Five on Your Side reporter, Keely Arthur, we're talking about a very hot topic, artificial intelligence, also known as AI. You know, it's too late to put the genie back in the bottle. It is here to stay. AI can write papers, solve complex equations, and answer tests or homework questions in seconds. So how do we allow students to use these tools responsibly for better understanding, but keep them from using AI to complete their schoolwork? This is the million-dollar question. Keely, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So first of all, for anyone who might not be familiar with this, can you explain how an AI site or app works, like ChatGPT? I think that's the one a lot of people know about. And I have to admit, as a writer, I'm a little afraid of this because this is what I do for a living. So hearing that, you know, a computer can write what I do, um, it's a little scary. Yeah, it can and it can't. And I would encourage anyone who doesn't have a personal familiarity with ChatGPT to go on and use it. I think of it like Google on steroids. So if you're going to Google, hey, can you explain, I use the example of the Civil War. You Google Civil War. But with ChatGPT, you can type in, explain the Civil War at a PhD level, explain the Civil War at a fifth grade level, write me a paper about the Civil War. And it can do all of that for you. Yeah. Um, You know, there are some, there's, you know, it's not perfect, but it's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So your team investigated the question of should students have access to this? How much access should they have? What did you learn about how different school districts in our area are dealing with this? Well, as fast as the technology has changed a lot of of things in our world, the schools are changing their policies. So this technology came out. It was released, unleashed in fall of 2022. We saw school districts in New York, Australia, I believe Sweden, ban it immediately because because you can type in, write a paper about the Civil War. I mean, you would think right away that You can use that for cheating. But we've seen school districts like Chapel Hill, Carborough City within our viewing area go from banning it last year to this year. It's totally allowed for high school students um, because their thinking is this is the way the world is going to be now. We need to empower students to be able to use this properly. Yeah. And so it sounds like it's an evolving thing. In other words, like you said, at first, everybody was afraid of it. And now maybe school districts are changing their thinking. Yeah, and we asked every school district in our viewing area if they had a policy, what the policy was, and schools like Wake County, Chapel Hill, Carborough City, which I just mentioned, uh, and some others have embraced it. They're going to use it within their classrooms. They've had their teachers do seminars on how to use it properly. There are other districts that have banned it. Samson, Orange County schools, you cannot 
you, if you try to get into ChatGPT within the school system, you cannot. Um, and then there's a lot of school districts that, like Granville, for example, are excited about the technology, but just have not figured out exactly how to implement it. And when we interviewed the Chapel Hill Carbo City, a school that banned it, now is embracing it. They said, look, come to us in six months. We might have a totally different policy. Right. It's evolving. Okay. Well, we will be right back after the break. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. And in local news, the Designery of North Raleigh is holding a grand opening event at noon on May 16th. Please stop by and join the party. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of the Designery. I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. Uh, we're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. So I understand there are now AI detection tools that can show teachers whether students have written something themselves or used an AI tool, but... They're not all completely reliable. Tell me what you guys found in your in your research. Yeah, so I was trying to prove this point. So basically, if you say, again, going back to the write a paper about the Civil War example, you can put it in ChatGPT. It'll produce a paper for you. And then there are these detection websites called Zero ChatGPT. There are some other ones where you can copy and paste something that you would suspect is written by AI, and it will tell you how much is written by AI. But they are not very reliable at all. I use some of my old web copies for old news stories that I wrote years ago. And sometimes it said, oh, this was written by AI, which it absolutely wasn't AI. It's written by you. (laughs) It's written by me, and it did not exist at the time. But I think the, the thing that really drives this home is we did an experiment where we took the Declaration of Independence, and we put it through these different websites. And in every situation, it came up saying that some of it was written by AI, which of which course is not is true. Not the case. Um, and so that's an issue for schools kind of grappling with um, not only using it, but worrying about the plagiarism uses of this technology. Yeah. And I mean, I taught a course in journalism at the college level this past spring. And I know a lot of people said to me, are you using AI detection tools? And I said, no. But, you know, what I tried to do was understand what the student's voice was. And if I felt like something was not written in their voice, I would add a note to the document saying, hey, this doesn't sound like you, or could you maybe make it more conversational? Um, So it is kind of scary. Are there consequences in these school districts if they find out students are really just cheating, using AI to write something that's an assignment? Well, all school districts have policies on cheating in general, right? So um, a lot of schools are reverting back to those. If they're, if a student is found to be using anything that isn't their you know, original voice and they're just copy and pasting something in, they are, are going to 
have suffer consequences. Samson County, for example, schools said that if their students are found to be using AI uh, to cheat, that it could be up to, I think, maybe like a two and a half week suspension. Um, but again, I mean, I think that schools need to be really careful here because it's it's hard to prove. That's and what that's I was going to say. Yeah. Having conversations with your students, um, it's not a black and white thing. Hey, if you're going to use it, source it kind of thing. And that makes sense. I mean, obviously, students source things all the time. Mm-hmm. They source articles. They source, you know, uh, television content. They source books. But as long as they're sourcing it. I mean, what what are educators saying could be the benefits of this? There's a lot of benefits. I mean, it's a new way to reach students. Um, if you're, as a parent or an educator, you're having a hard time explaining a certain topic, you can type that into chat GPT and it can help explain it. Um, and it also can cut down on things that, I mean, think about a calculator. You know, you can use it and it can solve a, a more complex division issue Quickly. or problem very fast. And that's how schools that are using it are going to try to teach their students how to use it, to cut down on things so that way they can focus on other things, more complex things that only humans can do. Exactly. So um, what do you think these policies will do? I mean, do you think they will continue to evolve as as this technology evolves and we learn more about it? We interviewed a person who handles e-learning and instructional design instructional design at Wake Tech, and she said that schools are going to have to evolve here. I asked, is this going to you know, hurt the learning process? And she said, you know, in a really negative light, yeah, it could, but schools are going to have to adapt to this. It's out there, and even if it's blocked on the school servers, Every kid, for the most part, has, especially after the pandemic, access to a tablet or a digital device at their home. So you can use it there as well. So I think that... So even if the school blocks it, you have access. You have access to it. And I think it's like with anything, it's out there. And students are a lot of times savvier with tech than adults are. So schools are going to have to keep up with that and figure out a way to implement it. I think if we're talking a year from now, I think you're going to find a lot more districts have much more solidified policies Specific policies, yeah. And I mean, let's face it, writing is not something everyone's good at, and it's not something everyone wants to do. Yeah, and this, I mean, you could be a fabulous writer, but struggle with grammar, and this can help you figure out where exactly to put the the comma or to add an extra sentence so it's not a run-on sentence. So it can be used in a tool, used as a tool to brush up your writing. Sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This is fascinating, and you've inspired me to maybe go check it out a little. You should. I haven't done it yet, but I think I think it's probably time. So I appreciate your your giving us insight into this, Keely. And if you are listening to this podcast on WREL.com or the WREL app, you can also find it on any podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pretty much anywhere podcasts live, you'll find more episodes of the WREL Daily Download. As always, thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.